Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels, and we have returning guest with us in the virtual studios. It's our good buddy Fox. How's hey, it going, guys? Hey there, Dennis. Hey there, Michael. It's going well. I just want to say first and foremost, I'm so sorry that the first five people you asked to be on tonight declined and you finally got your sixth choice, so I'm happy to return. Well, you know, you're our East Coast Correspondence <laughs> Coordinator. So. No, you know, it's an absolute honor to be back and, and talking with you guys. Uh, love the show and always happy to be on. How's, how's, the, uh, how's the East Coast? We, we've talked about um, life from different people who've been on the show with the COVID time. How, how is it out there? You're in a little bit bigger city than most any of us are in. Yeah, I'm in Washington, D.C., and it's just been months since anything of consequence has happened out here. It's been very <laughs> right. odd. Um, it's like I wish something would true. happen That's to true. liven it's things been, up. It's been so quiet. Shake it, shake it up and have a little drama or something. Um, no, you know, I do live right outside Washington, D.C., um, so it's a hotbed of activity always, um, you know, more so, more so than it probably should be. But it's okay. It's fine. The, you know, it depends on... The, we got a good snowfall. That was exciting. I went ice sledding because um, that's basically oh, wow. what happened. But yeah, overall, it's been good. And you didn't die. That's pretty cool. Not yet. Not not, not as far as I know. Not from not from the ice sledding, at least. The we're supposed to be getting two to five inches. I think here probably more from Dennis because they always get more snow up there. So make that's sure true. you have it's all true, your all your snow gear ready, Dennis. That's true. I I rarely go outside though so it doesn't really <laughs> that's right you wouldn't know if except it, if it except for there. the last the last 12 months that's been true of everyone so you know i'm, I'm running my i'm running my uh, um my wood my wood furnace i've got a, a normal furnace and then a, a wood stove furnace downstairs that connects in and mm-hmm. i am i got i got the first financial Oh, this is I shouldn't say this on air because everybody else is struggling so difficult in financial times right now i'm very fortunate to not uh, I have a job that I do, but I, I, I got my first bill that really said COVID all over it was that uh, I got my light bill for January or December. And I forgot that because I'm home all day, every day, you know, I spend the heats on all the time and I got elect- electrics going all the mm. time. And all of a sudden my old man brain came in and said, that's it. I'm chopping wood and we're we're putting wood on the, the stove every night. So, I I picked up just enough. Like I... I'm not a a dad, but from my dad and and my grandpa, I picked up enough of that, like, you know, stereotypical dad kind of stuff where I'll walk through rooms and turn lights off. Like when (laughs) I go up, you know, to use a restroom the last time of the night, if people have left lights on, I'll turn, you know, most of them off. And I saw somewhere what the actual numbers are on that kind of thing. Like you can leave light bulbs burning the entire month and it's so negligible on your on your actual electric bill, especially if you have LEDs, hundred percent. Like, especially now, like yeah. I don't know, I just, I just don't like having lights on in empty rooms. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, you know. Habit. Uh, now, now, conversely, mine, mine is I, like I would go during the day, and this riveting conversation we're having here. But I would go during the day and have the heat on my automatic therm- thermostat turned down to like fifty during the day, um, right. or, or yeah. forty-five, and then so it'd be that way for ten hours a day while I was gone. And then now it's up to, you know, 70, 72 and all the time, constantly in this terrible winter, which is not terrible. It's fine. Okay, moving on. So this week we watched some, how, how do you call these movies? We, we talked about, and we had talked on the show that we were going to watch the uh, uh, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn movie Swingers. But mm-hmm. um, 
our buddy here, Fox, has talked us into also watching another one of those movies called Made. So we've yep. we made time to watch that. What, what kind of movie would you call these, Fox? What, I know that like the technical category when you go to uh, Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, but what, what off the cuff, what would you call these two movies if you're going to say, tell a friend what, what they are? Yeah, they're awkward buddy comedies. I mean, it's about two friends mm. in each situation who get into situations a little bit over their head. Um, primarily, it's the relationship between John Favreau and Vince Vaughn, both playing versions of themselves in each movie. Right. With Swingers, mm-hmm. you have um, John Favreau playing the man who's just recently been dumped by his girlfriend, um, and Vince Vaughn is the sort of um, larger-than-life person who takes him to Vegas for the weekend to try and get him out of his funk. Uh, in Made, it's a little bit different where you have these two men who are low-level goons or wannabe goons within the mafia. And they're trying to make their way up and they have been given this special assignment to go out and meet with people. Um, I'm not going to spoil too much beyond that, but essentially it's the same sort of dynamic where John Favreau is the straight man trying to keep everything tight and follow the rules where Vince Vaughn thinks he's, you know, Scarface essentially. And Favreau has to keep him in check during the various adventures they get into. You know, when when I was watching this that that made movie, that word is what I immediately thought. This this should be called Goon. This would be a great movie just called Goon or Goons, right? Because it tells exactly what this is. Uh, I I, had, I understand I had why it's called movies. Made, but the title is is ambiguous. Yeah. If you don't know anything else about it, well, I I think same thing with Swingers as well. I think that could mean a lot of different things. Um, I mean. Yeah, except swingers isn't a word that you use in a normal sentence. Sure. Very often, where where made is just, it's like a word. It's just oh, a normal right, right. word. Made in the mob sense, right? Right, um, yeah, that's yeah. that's the intent. It's just... Right, so we're going to go ahead and go into spoilers on some of this stuff, because, you know, just not talking about the movies themselves, or spoilers, the movies themselves, they're pretty old, but just in case we say something. You want to go ahead and ring that bell? Sure. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Swingers and Made from 1996 and 2001, I believe, respectively. Uh, so, D- Dennis, you had not seen these either, right? I, I had not seen either. Nope. These Th- these were nope. ones that have fallen off on my filmography. As we've said many times, there's just so much media to watch out there and you're bound to miss some things. Um and this, this I had, I had missed Swingers, but heard a lot about it, and I had not even actually heard of Made, so that was a good recommendation there, Fox. Uh, that's that's which, about the same. That's about the same as me. I um I don't know if I said this last week, but they mentioned Swingers on the Core on Core, the podcast, the video gaming podcast that I listen to, as being kind of you know uh, formative, and I think that's a word I'm going to use for both of these movies, and maybe a whole sort of meta genre of films but uh yeah and and quoted some of the lines and i'm like you know i've heard of i've heard of this movie a lot and i recognize these lines that they're saying and i like john favreau let's let's do it and then um i don't think i had heard of made either and definitely had not seen it uh fox how did you watch this like let's say uh the original swingers did you watch this way back in the day when it came out or was this something that Oh, hey, I know about this Favreau and or probably Vince Vaughn thing first. I better Cl- go back and watch his film. film Close to it. Um, this was, I mean, if you think about the <clears throat> the late 90s, this is when the independent scene 
really exploded and you had the Weinstein company and others like them really investing mm. a lot of money into these kinds of things. And, you know, I'd seen things like clerks at this point, which was about mm-hmm. two years earlier. And so I started keeping an eye out for these kinds of low budget comedies. And this is exactly swingers is exactly that it was shot guerrilla style. I mean, it was basically, you know, they didn't get permits to film in these casinos or anything like that. You literally had the crew running around, setting up the lights and doing doing shots and, and literally employees of these casinos saying, what are you doing here? Um, and that style of filmmaking was really <laughs> intriguing to me at that point. Um, and so, so sure. you know, it was so different and it felt edgy to me, you know, in 1996 um, mm-hmm. because it was a new way of making films and also the dialogue was, you know, provocative and things like that. So I did see this. I will be honest with you. Swingers didn't stick with me as much as Made, which is definitely not usual or typical. I think most people, more people have seen and heard of Swingers than Made. But um, that was sort of how I got into it. I would, I would say Clerks was my gateway drug into the independent comedic yeah, film scene of, sure. the, of the late 90s. And I found this as an extension of that. That's cool. The, the, um, this reminded me, and, and I know it's not the same and it's not the same vibe, but it's still it, totally different vibes. But I, I always imagine people living out in LA, you know, there's a lot of people who uh, want to make movies or they want to be in movies and they all move out there. And their first thought is that like, I want to be a big actor or actress um, or a big director and they expect to go out there, interview, get a job and do it. It always it always made me realize that there's probably hundreds of thousands of people that flock that city all the time. And then some of them probably just get fed up and do their own thing and say, kind of screw the man. Let's just do our own stuff. And you hear stories about that a lot. Like, you know, we're just going to make our own thing. Um, and I think you- that's part of what what I mean. It's not the it's not the story of swingers, but it's one hundred percent the setting, right? Like yeah. all of those characters are in or trying to break into that industry and and are just, you know, hanging around doing whatever while while waiting to get a callback or waiting to get an audition. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and I, I agree. this is based yeah. off of John Favreau's actual experiences. I mean, he was friends with Vince yeah. Vaughn and Ron Livingston at the time. Um, can either of you, here's a quick trivia question. Can either of you name the 1994 sports film that featured Favreau and Vince Vaughn in very, very small roles? Sports film? Sports hmm. film. I, I do 94? Not yep. The answer, my friends, is Rudy. Um, oh, so, so, wow. uh, so Favreau played D-Bob, uh, who was, uh, the main character, Sean Austin's Rudy's, um, one of his best friends who helps introduce him to, to women um, in, on Notre Dame campus. And then um, Vince Vaughn plays the, the jerk um, quarterback um, who says this, this a-hole is acting like it's a Super Bowl um, and gets benched accordingly. So they were both on that film and they had a lot of time, um, not in many scenes, to talk and become friends. And that's, that's sort of where that friendship came from. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, what, made me think, what, it, what it made me think of with that whole scene is that we, we do occasionally see stuff like this come out um, later on we see things like um oh uh seth rogan james franco stuff like that that have you know their own movies and they're all in the same kind of movies because they're friends and you know obviously different levels of success different kinds of movies but it's still the same kind of thing right um even with um like the uh uh what's the not jay and silent bob but they're the oh the two main characters that were 
or two guys that made it real big from those movies, uh, Batman and but Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Matt Damon, right? So same thing. They were buddies doing the same thing, coming together, trying to make stuff. So they end up making movies with friends, right? Mm-hmm. And then they all go off and make their own stuff. Uh, it's funny because I remember for a long time. I would have said that Vince Vaughn was the bigger star power, but nowadays, 100%, John Favreau is the guy in Hollywood now, right? I mean, Vince Vaughn yes. is better known as an actor, probably, but right. yeah, the last handful of years have, have <laughs> skyrocketed. I mean, well, I ten years. probably. I would... mean, since Iron Man. Correct. S- since Iron Man, technically, but I don't think I. Would have if you had said John Favreau by name, I don't think I would have known immediately who we were talking about before mm. uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Oh, that's fair. That's just that's just me personally. I don't you know. Right. Yeah. He. Uh, I think. I think his. I mean, he's done more obviously, but his his big thing obviously. where he stepped forward was definitely directing Iron Man, um, and then right. doing tons of other things, Lion King, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so. About these movies in particular, uh, man, so, Swingers was cool because I kind of remember some of that time with 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 the guys. Like when I was not as old as them, I think I acted that way when I was nineteen or eighteen, as sure. opposed to their mid twenties. Um, but it was still, uh, it's very much a how do I say it, uh, white male story. Like nobody else has that experience, right? And I don't think unless you're a a, a cis white male would you understand. What yeah, it's is about. it's close to um like the game is that what it's called the book about uh um seducing women. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the it's Art called of the game. The game. Yeah. Art maybe Art of the yeah, Game. Yeah, I think it's Art of the Game. The like Game is a Michael Douglas film. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that. that's and I I knew that, and I'm trying not to mix the. <laughs> the, the properties yeah but that like that pickup scene right yeah the, like go to a bar meet a girl say the right things act the right way i mean that's the that's the that's the power dynamic between vince vaughn's character and the rest of the cast uh in swingers i, I think if this movie had come out today it would get drubbed out I'm not saying it's bad in any way but i think that it no it doesn't get... age well it at all yeah, right i mean from right. a misogynistic perspective it's hugely misogynistic I'm, and i'm not knocking the movie because of that times are different dennis and i have talked a lot about how movies you have to see them in a perspective whether it's right or wrong you just have to at the time but i i do like to think though when i watch a movie like is this something that i would watch today how would it come over and i don't think it would come over very well um sure now made Made is weird because I really liked the last five <laughs> minutes of the movie or 10 movie. And then the, the rest of, I mean, I really liked it. Right. And yeah. then the rest of it, I was just wildly uncomfortable the whole movie. Not that, not in a bad way. I'm just saying I was wildly. I think made works better on a repeat viewing with friends. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's a movie that when you wonder, you see the whole thing and you understand how ridiculous the premise is and where these people Probably. actually end up. It's easier to sit back and be like, oh, this is absurd. I'm going to just enjoy, you know, Vince Vaughn being ridiculous. Um, I think you're this, totally right. On this sort of journey. He reminded me, his performance reminded me a lot of John Goodman in Big Lebowski. Just, but without, like, Walter in in Big Lebowski 
you sort of, you know, depending on your perspective, you excuse a little bit of his behavior being a Vietnam vet, right? Like he's, you know, we, we've watched several movies on the poster that try to portray that sort of difficulty and he handled it in probably the worst way possible. But, um, you, you know, you you excuse that like his his behavior is a little bit exaggerated um, because of that perspective where Vince Vaughn is just his character in in Made is just constantly, you know, just just the worst, just the um, worst, just really <laughs> pushy, really like it's similar in Swingers. But in Swingers, you feel like he's at least a little bit well-intentioned, like mm. he's he's really pushy with John Favreau's character, but you get the 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 impression that he has his best interest at heart mm-hmm. um the the things that i appreciated most about made were um peter falk in this <laughs> ridiculous like like crime boss swearing <laughs> right. kind of thing because you know i know him as columbo and sure. the grandpa on on princess bride like right. i've never seen him in this kind of role and like like he's his scene shows up and he's talking and I watched these on um, Amazon prime through HBO with the, they've got the x-ray where you can just hover and see who's on the shot. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, Peter Falk, of course. Like he has a really distinctive voice, but his portrayal is so different from everything that I've seen him do. And I also really enjoyed and laughed out loud at the one, well, the first um, scene where he interacts with Vince Vaughn's character. Um, that was just like all of that uncomfortable being a jerk kind of stuff was funny in that context. I didn't, I didn't like it as much when it was just him and John Favreau, but with Peter Falk there, it was pure comedy. Oh, totally. And, and, and I gotta say with that guy and with Vince and all comes into the same thing that you just said, Fox, that I, I just want to repeat to reinforce was. I do agree. I think if I watch this back, especially with friends or even myself, I would enjoy it considerably more because I, you know, I didn't know where it's going. And, and, um, Favreau's a straight man. He's got a straight story, right? It's, it's a real thing. And Mm -hmm. a lot, everyone, actually everyone else in the whole movie is kind of a straight man. And it, without Vince Vaughn in it, it's a very different kind of movie, right? Completely different. Yeah. Um, and then he's in it and I just feel like I'm in this, you know, okay, I'm in a serious movie. These people are going to get murdered, and it's going to be sad. And then there's going to be stuff about the the, the stripper it's more girl. Like a, with a, you know, she's going to be murdered in the wall, and then it doesn't. When it's all over, you're like, "Whew!" That's why I liked the ending so much. It, it kind of made yeah, the rest without, of it be like without okay. Vince Vaughn's character. It's maybe it's maybe a Guy Ritchie movie. That's maybe, a good pull. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, because like I kept sense. getting that kind of impression because it's you know it's more crime focused where swingers obviously is not um and just kind of uh like crime crime movie but comedy of errors crime movie which is a lot of the the guy Ritchie movies are um you know you know the best part about made i think the whole the whole thing is that um when um john favreau punches him constantly like he is he is your surrogate, the audience surrogate the whole time when you're just trying to keep it together, man. <laughs> and then when he just starts waylaying on him and then Vince Vaughn's waylaying, I'm like, yeah, I know it looks stupid and terrible, but this is exactly what you need to do to this guy. You need to just punch him mm-hmm. and keep punching him. 
Well, that's how the movie starts. Exactly, right? which is great, right? Well done. Well mm-hmm. done with that. So, yeah, I, I, I agree, Fox. I think that Made is better than Swingers. Swingers is fine. It's a okay movie in itself. But I don't know if it... It almost feels like a, a day-in-the-life type movie where there's no real point to it, per se. Um, and I don't even know when it's done and over with if there's a story beyond a day in the life of a guy who and his buddies, which yeah. nothing necessarily happens, right? Just he's his girlfriend goes and comes back and then goes. Although I will say, I don't know what it is about her, but every single movie that Heather Graham appears in, as soon as she's on the screen, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> she's the one guy. She's the one for sure. She, she was the one to, to help him finally get over his ex. She's the one period. I think in, in movies, She's just she's she's I Neo. The, the, yeah, she put yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You put that title on right there, she's the one. Uh but I don't know what it's uh, yeah, so she comes on the screen. She was like that in the stand when um she's on screen for a minute. You're like, oh, all of a sudden the whole screen kind of like is surrounded by her. <laughs> and and that's kind of how it was when she was in this movie as well. So anyway, yeah, I I, I dug these movies. I'm I'm glad I watched them. I would I would watch Made again. T- again, I don't know if I'd watch Swingers again just because I've seen it. I think, but Made, like Fox recommended, would be a better show to watch again and just laugh at. Because I, think, I know it's I, not going to be bad. I think Made is a good, like you know, guys' night film. If I'm being honest with you, because, and I say mm-hmm. that intentionally, not because I'm trying to say like, oh, it's it's only for guys. But I got to be honest with you, it's a it's a made it's a film made for straight men. Like yeah, very much yeah, so yeah. like, oh, it, you know, right. it, it tries to identify that just the same way we have high fidelity and a few other ones like that. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty yeah. good one to like put on with your guy buddies um, and remember what you were like at that age when you thought the you could do anything and you were invincible um, and enjoy yeah. life and, and make reckless decisions and occasionally feel the need to like smack your best friend around because they were being a doofus. Um, right. So, so oh, I yeah. find that this, it's a pretty, it's a very quotable film. Um, it sure. has some really funny moments, but I do think it's, it's best served in not the, not when you're trying to study it, but rather you're just trying to let it wash over you as part of a bigger watching experience. Yeah. And, and I, sure. and I would, if we were watching it with the guys, I would totally tell everybody to watch it first. I mean, that sounds weird. I wouldn't know. You tell totally right movies, though. But yeah, I'd say watch it first and then we'll all hang out, have some drinks and, and watch it again. I mean, that's the that's the context wherein most of our group uh, came to the movie in Bruges, which is a a very dark, like satirical kind of kind of think piece. But a couple like Pete and and uh, Lambert had seen it and said, hey, you need to watch this. And then I think I watched it on my own, but then it became a thing that we would put on like if you know trotsky at a party we were all staying over like put on in bruges and then we pass out or you know we quote the quote the lines but it's not like it's it's at best satirical like there are moments that you laugh at because of the ridiculousness ridiculousness of it but uh the movie is incredibly dark um and so it's a weird while watching these two movies um the word that i i kept thinking of was formative and maybe sure. formative isn't the right word, but they're like, if you had a college experience, they're the movies that your buddies would watch, uh, you know, several times 100%. in somebody's dorm room yep. yeah. or, Absolutely. you know, 
for for me, those movies were I had one group of friends who would watch Dumb and Dumber every semester <laughs> after finals. Okay, sure. As like a balance, as like a counterbalance to all the studying. Sure. Um, and That's another cool. group of friends who watched Emperor's New Groove. I think almost. <laughs> Almost That's on weird. a weekly basis. That's weird. Which is wow. just is a, a weird, weird That's not just that, a weird pick. Yeah, that's not um, that's not a thing. I, I, I'd like so, to know which prisons those guys ended up in. Yeah, I don't know. Right, I don't right. Know what... Wow. Um and so it's the kind of it creates the ultimate like um it has the potential to create the ultimate movie that doesn't age. Right? Um not that's not the right word. Uh, that doesn't hold up. Oh sure, um, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, you have somebody who just loves, who loves some movie and, and you try to, you know, they try to show it to you and you don't get it, right? Because yeah. they they watched it at a certain point in a certain context and then maybe repeatedly watched it in, you know, a similar kind of context. And so part of their enjoyment is the movie is itself, but a larger part of it is this nostalgia. Um, I, 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 think I don't that, know. I honestly think that the, um, oh, now they the Monty Python movies are often like that for me. I, I think that sure. it's not not for me, but I think for a lot of people. And for I a lot of them, people, yeah. And then and then they try to get you to watch them today, and they don't quite match up to what you might think. Uh, yeah. Two things before we move on. Okay, real quick. One is uh, I want to shout out to uh, a weird cameo of Sam Rockwell as the doorman, bell pop boy <laughs> person who comes in here. Like, wait, is that Sam Rockwell playing an extra? Um, and mm. I, I fully expected him to be some like cop or FBI guy that came undercover at the end, but nope, he's nope. just an extra. Um, and then two, the last bit on this is to a question for Fox. Vince Vaughn plays Vince Vaughn, I think, in every movie he's in, and he is, <laughs> he is, he's, he is fully everything he needs to be in every movie because they need Vince Vaughn in this movie, whatever movie it's in. Uh, can you tell me a movie? That he's not Vince Vaughn in. I would say the same thing for like an Adam Sandler and then you watch Punch Drunk Love and it's not Adam Sandler anymore. Uh, it's something else. He actually does something. Does Vince Vaughn have one of those movies where he's not Vince Vaughn? He's actually playing a different part? Psycho. But then I thought about it and I'm not quite sure. <laughs> sure. He would, might just be Vince, Psycho Vince Vaughn. I was going to say... I was going to say the breakup with Jennifer Aniston, but no. it's one hundred percent the same thing. Like no. he's Vince Vaughn through most of the movie. He kind of changes a little bit at the end, but that's really the Vince Vaughn arc, right? Like he starts out as this insensitive a hole, and then maybe changes. Well, or this was this was a thing of not. that era where it was like you could pitch a movie by saying, "Okay, Will Ferrell in NASCAR." Will Ferrell yeah, right, in X right, sure. and, and Vince yes. Vaughn, they went through the same thing. It was like Vince Vaughn in college, you know, for old school, yeah. or whatever it may be. And so mm -hmm. you're absolutely right that, and it was a problem with, I mean, a problem that I had with Adam Sandler movies the same way, where it's just like, you take this person and you're like, be funny in this situation. Um, mm -hmm. And that's never yeah. really changed. I, I, I'm inclined yeah. to agree. You know, I've seen a lot of Vince Vaughn films and, I'm I'm with you on that, that I don't know that I've ever seen a Vince Vaughn film where like, oh, he's really stretching himself. Even when he did True Detective, I was still like, oh, it's Vince Vaughn, like kind of giggling and still being Vince Vaughn as a gangster. You know, like it's just not. Yeah, it doesn't really change himself. They just say, mm -hmm. be yourself in this new situation. Yeah, he, he was same thing in a situation of uh, like he was in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. 
And and again, I don't know anything that that character was, but he was Vince Vaughn. That's like, uh, we're going to have Brad Pitt have a best friend and it will be Vince Vaughn. No other questions need to be asked why that guy's in the movie. He's just Vince Vaughn could, put in the movie. I don't know that I could name for you. Like, it's interesting because you make an interesting point here because I don't know that I could tell you any of Vince Vaughn's characters' names. You know what I, I mean? Agree. He's always Vince right. Vaughn. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, do you remember when he played John? And then the next time he played Steve, like, I could not tell you any of the characters he played. I could tell you the roles he's been in and the movies yeah. associated with them. But like Wedding Crashers, I have no idea. I've seen Wedding Crashers at least 10 times. <laughs> I could not tell you what his character name is. You know what? That that is that pretty much holds true for all of that thing situation we were just talking about. So in that case, there are not very many characters that I can say who Tom Cruise was. I can say Maverick from from Top Gun because Maverick Top is Gun. Maverick, but Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every um, Mission Impossible movie, and he's Tom Cruise in w- anything he's done. I can't name. Can you name other things? I'm sure there are, but I can't think of anything but Tom Cruise. I mean, I don't know. I that's a harder sell for me when I look at something F- like franchises. Franchises are different because he plays the same character. Ethan Hunt. Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Hunt. That's okay. it. Right. But I would say but Lieutenant he... Caffey in Few Good Men is a pretty Few good, good example of him not, you know. Oh, no, character. he's fantastic. I'm not saying that. But a lot of times, you know, his his action movies that he does tends to be. Just, OK, that's a better know, way of saying it, Mike. Right. I, mean, I should like, say that. Right. Yeah, it's his he action does a lot movies. of good movies. His action yeah. movies tend to run together. And I mean that literally where he's always running, just running, running and, and doing stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. I didn't mean mm-hmm. to necessarily put down his act shop because I, I think he is a, a fine actor, but. You know what I'm saying is like sometimes they'll they, when when people hire him for a movie they just want Tom Cruise or they just want Vince Vaughn or they just want something. But when when you get some of these other actors, and I don't want to give them a lot of credit because I don't think you know they're necessarily what they call them, what method actors and they come in and they do a totally different role. Uh, I'm not a big fan of who who he played the Joker. What's his name? Um, Jared Leto. Nice play, Michael Morbius. Yeah, Jared Leto. Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. He, so he's one of those ones that comes in and intentionally tries to do a different character from from to just person. to just right. vanish vanish into the role, right, and be um, a different person every time you see them. Um, I think, yeah, I, to to some extent, you know, it. Uh, I'm trying to think that. <sighs> Mike, have you seen um, have you seen the Green Book? Which one is that? Uh, with Viggo Mortensen, one best and, picture um, two years ago. I have not yeah, seen from, that one from eighteen. V- I heard that um, Viggo's like that. He's supposed to be a character actor. I I have only seen him in, as far as I know, I've seen him in that Hidalgo and Lord of the Rings. Hidalgo. And obviously, <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings and Hidalgo were twenty years ago, but uh, ish. Um, but he, yeah, he is he is so completely different in this role. Um, then, then he, and I 100% believe he's this, you know, blue collar Italian bouncer kind of character, um, in this movie. Like he's not, there's no Aragorn in that performance. I've seen part (laughs) of Captain Fantastic and I think that he's not Aragorn either in there. I think he's awesome in Captain Fantastic. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, there, there are. Actors that do that, and they are different in, per the role, which I think is very cool, actually, that you can put some things in. Sometimes it's very distracting when I'll watch a movie, and there is this character in here 
who is an actor, I mean, or actress, and that's who I see, and I can't see them be anything else but that. Sure. Right. Sure. And, and that really yeah, and, and and obviously there's a there's a place for the one character actor, right? Oh, for um, sure. And, Vince and Vaughn. I mean, Vince Vaughn, yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, actors and actresses who mostly do the same thing, but have one or two roles that are outside of their niche. Those are often the roles that they get uh, awards for, or at least nominations. Um, yeah. You know, my my quintessential example of that is Audrey Hepburn. Right? She's almost always the same kind of character, but that character is fantastic and. So, so you know she did yeah. very well and was, is charlie well chaplin Charlie I mean, chaplin yeah. maybe always, i mean he always was, played the same was, ca- i mean you know the tramp. literally always playing the same character no, that's, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, no, no, that's what i'm saying right right uh, by the that's, way uh i i saw him uh, aragorn be in the movie before that was called 28 days it was like a year it came out before lord of the rings and oh Beagle is it the zombie one no it's it Good That's guess. 28 days later. No, yeah. I was not I was not no. doing a bit that but those <laughs> two movies came out almost the right. same time. Right now. Completely uh, unrelated. It, it's no, a that's the Sandra, Sandra Book movie about rehab. Yeah. Rehab, right. And and it was I don't know. I honestly got I don't know how I watched this one. I think that I got it because my wife at the time wanted to watch it and I was like, sure. And I really mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I liked his part in there and I liked her part in there, so that was a good film. But I digress. We got onto a, a little bit there. So yeah, I, I, I wrapped that up. I liked Swingers and I liked Made. Both of them. Glad I watched them. Definitely glad I watched them. They were they were well worth times to watch. Made was the best one of them. Um, more of it's fun. And I, you know, Favreau is still Favreau. He's still the same kind of, you know, good straight buddy guy, right? He's your buddy. He's Happy Hogan. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's Happy Hogan. Hey, speaking of Happy Hogan. You guys want to cut into to WandaVision? Fox, I'm assuming you got to watch WandaVision already. I'm sorry. What is WandaVision? I've never heard of it. Absolutely. <laughs> I watch it immediately when it drops. It's excellent. I love it. I did, can only Do you watch it on, on Fridays as soon as you get home? I, I get home from where I am home. Oh, that's right. Time. You're working from home. Yeah. Uh, like, time yeah, to like take a break people, and watch WandaVision. Like, yeah, really. Like everyone. Um, Yes, I am all caught up on WandaVision. In fact, um, I did not even know I was going to be on the show tonight, but I did rewatch episodes four and five today because I love them so much um, and good. wanted to wanted to parse out all the Easter eggs and, and references and begin so crafting my conspiracy theories. But it's nice. There's so much. It's so much to unpack. I mean, we've talked about it week to week, Dennis and I have. Um, mm-hmm. And it's... There's, uh, Man, it's hard not to rehash stuff because you, you you get so kind of giddy about it. And I honestly don't know if it's the uh, the Marvel drought of you know not having Marvel. And and then as soon as mm. you see Sydney and I know it as soon as we see it. As soon as that Marvel logo comes on the screen, where our whole mental state just flips on to a different way. Um, and we're watching you know a Marvel movie, which is not a movie, but the, it's, it's the, like that. The discussions we've been having around this show in our group chat remind me that this franchise since, what, since Iron Man, maybe, um, has been uh, not all about, but a major component of it has been this element of um, tags and hints and predictions, right? The Easter egg stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Easter eggs, um, but not... 
But not, not always. Eggs, not, yeah, I know. Right. Not just. I mean, Easter eggs too, but Easter eggs are just sort of a fun game for people who sure. know the right, source material. Right. Um, You're right. This is like, you know, s- stuff that's hinting about what's to come. If you know, assuming there's a plan, and after the ten years of, you know, plan that they had for the first three phases, um, whether you know how much of that they knew in 2008, whenever when they made Iron Man. Um, or just piece together as they went. Um, you know, there's been this drought. And even before that, the, the story, the story that we were talking about was small, right? Not small is a weird way to say that, but you know, we had this gap between infinity war and Endgame, and our discussion was all about what is this, what's going to happen? What's this tiny little, uh, piece of the story. And then it's been, a while since then so you know our our friends are talking about wandavision and things that we're seeing and things that are that are hinted and for me i'm like i don't remember this stuff i haven't seen certain movies or have only seen them once and have not read these old comics so you know when somebody says a character name i'm like you mean this character from that other thing we should uh hit the spoiler bell so i can <laughs> you want, I'm trying to you say really want to talk about with, those spoilers without eh? without without being intentionally vague um so we are going to talk about uh marvel's um series wandavision through episode five through, through all the way through we're going back to the beginning on this one i guess right yeah uh, yeah we got fox i guess okay so uh can, can i can i talk about the, the big thing at the end first start the end first because i i really want to talk about the end um, yeah, that's that's some guy from some X Men movie, I guess. Oh my god! You don't start, Dennis. Don't start with that. I I <laughs> I legitimately did not know. I, oh, I, was I like, thought you'd seen that. Okay, all right. that doesn't that really? doesn't look like the same guy. I I watched that Screen Crush video last night uh, that showed that scene where he's um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, it was breaking them free. Sure. They do that. I know. Yeah. I know. I have. Movies. I know. I have those references backwards. Don't email me. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm not sure that which movie was that. So he's in he's in three yeah. films. He's in um, he first makes his appearance in Days of Future Past. He then repeats the Past. gimmick in um, X Men Apocalypse, and he's also okay. in that failed um, second time they try to do the Phoenix Saga, Dark Phoenix, X Men Dark Phoenix. Well, t- to be clear, okay. we're talking about Quicksilver. Wanda Maximoff's brother, yes, uh, which is the Scarlet Witch, and in both two franchises, two yes, different so, actors, two different two things. right, so two different act- actors, two different characters. One's Sony, one's but they're the Marvel. same character, but Twentieth Century Fox, not yeah. Sony, for what that's worth. Sh- sure, yeah, oh, that's sure. what I meant. Um, right, because they're now part of Disney, which is right. why this whole thing, right. uh, which can is even why this happen. is so mind blowing. Right, mixing my mixing my metaphors there. Um. Yeah, I saw, or at least was in the room when Days of Future Past was on. I dropped out of the X-Men movies somewhere around first class, maybe whatever movie came after that. Um, And there are still, like, I don't think I've seen any of the, I don't think I've seen Apocalypse or the Phoenix ones. I saw Logan and that was was it. So all all I knew when, uh, when he showed up on screen... Um, because I also was like, who is this going to be? I expected somebody from the Marvel movies. Um, yeah. All I knew is when he showed up, I'm like, that's not the guy. 
That's somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they see, and Kat Dennings character even says, they recast, she recast Pietro. She it's a good recast. line. It's a good line. If you don't know what's going on. Oh man. It's, it's nice to have, um, I forget her character, uh, Darcy. It's nice to have Darcy there as an audience surrogate. For sure. The, it's Dr. The, uh, Lewis. First of all, the, the <laughs> Patton Oswalt, uh, uh, right. type character to, to, uh, help the audience out make so, observations so let, let me, ask let me all the this. questions we're asking right. let me set the scene here for, for those who are still with us here and, and not seen it yet or, or kind of in the spoiler section or did see it and don't know what the heck we're talking about so uh in wandavision wanda has a brother who was in a in previous marvel cinematic universe movie um mm-hmm. she's a twin he died in this movie spoiler for age of ultron um and he comes his in WandaVision movie, he is now back from the dead uh, and comes at the door and he, he shows up there. Yet he is not played by the same actor that played him in that movie. Um, so the interesting part is that uh, this same character, which was her brother, um, was used in a, another studio's movie um, where he was played by a different actor. And that actor is on this show. So it's the same character... Two different actor, two different actors playing the same character, and now one is coming back over into the main Marvel series universe. Um, and like you said, Dennis, it's it's only available because or only capable because now Disney owns all of that, and they can do that. And I think it's it was actually really giddy to me because it's something they don't have to do, they don't need to do it, mm-hmm. like kind of do that you know, weird thing in the room of like, you know, there's already some Marvel movies that aren't ours, but now they're ours, but they can kind of right. bring it together in a way. Um, it's just super. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll link to that screen crush video, but he breaks it down that, you know, they, they could have these, these sibling characters in the MCU, but they couldn't be mutants because Fox had the rights to the X-Men. Correct. And yeah. so they, they retell this story separated. I guess they were uh, connected to Magneto. Um, and there's none of that in these characters. So it's the same. It is the same character with the same name, but brought up in a completely different way. Just like yeah. Spider-Man with the, you know, are the web shooters mechanical or biological right. uh, kind of thing. Hey, Fox. Yes. Can, can, I, can, can I throw you a... Uh... I know you were chomping at the bit at some conspiracy theory stuff. Can I, can I throw you a little bit of a bone and let you run with it? Um, sure. So there's small little, they're not leaks. They're little kind of, you know, set stuff or stuff to talk about when you talk about casting roles and things coming out of the mo- the, the upcoming movie, uh, Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. uh, which is Dr. Strange 2 for some people. And it is pretty much confirmed, I think, by... Um, uh, the big head cheese guy over at Marvel anyway, uh, that it is going to deal with, as the title says, the multiverse. Very much kind of in the same way that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse does. Correct. Uh, that being tested out on that movie and was wildly accepted and happy. that Everybody liked the idea of multiple Spider-Mans in that kind of way. Um, so that is, that is that's Spiders all we kind Man. of... Spider's Man. So that's kind of what we know about a little bit about that. But there's also been some casting talk right now, reaching out with uh, the Fantastic Four characters from Fox. Uh, actors, sorry. Uh, Jessica Alba and Chris Evans playing um, the Human Torch. Uh, so 
do you think that the Doctor Strange movies will be an opportunity to for Fox to start roping in these multi kind of superhero movies into and making this the the 616 universe and then cherry picking their kind of Spider-Man as they want or whatever uh their X-Men or you know Quicksilvers yes is my is my short answer to that i mean i think i think what marvel is going to intend to do is do exactly what dc is doing at the same time so for those who are not aware dc has a flash movie in the works where the batman in that movie will be played by michael keaton and the idea Mm -hmm. here is that they are going to connect every single property they've ever had and say it's all part of one big thing now this began on the small screen with the cw when they did crisis on infinite earths in the flash and um, okay. and the flash uh, gustin grant met flash movie version ezra miller so they're they're doing this idea marvel is doing the same thing so i do believe yeah. that we see now in wandavision what they've essentially said is we are establishing the fact that those x-men movies that were on in 20th century fox they are part of our universe. They weren't on the same earth that you know of where Iron Man and Cap and Thor have been running around for a while and you've been enjoying these movies for over a decade. But we're going to not pretend they never existed, which is what happens a lot with these comic book movies. You know, you get reboots, you get people recasted and they're saying, oh, you know, that Hulk movie didn't really happen. Edward Norton yeah. is the Hulk now. But oops, now it's, you know, Mark Ruffalo. Instead, what I think both Marvel and DC are doing at the same time is going to say it's all connected, but this is alternate universes. And that allows them to bend the rules and bring in someone like Evan Peters to play the person who plays Quicksilver in now the WandaVision show without any questioning. No, no one's going to get confused. No one's going to say, I don't understand it. In fact, Mike, to finish out your question, I'm going to go one step further. And then I think that Marvel is going to do stunt casting for either Doctor Strange and or Spider-Man 3, where they get people who were rumored or almost signed into parts to play other versions. I'll give you an example. Mm. For a very long time, Tom Cruise really wanted to play Tony Stark. I have heard the rumor that Marvel has reached out to Tom Cruise and said, wouldn't it be funny if you cameoed as one of the multiple Tony Starks, that you are some part of alternate reality? Another one. That'd be cool. Joaquin Phoenix was this close to being Dr. Strange. Um, but obviously the part went ultimately to Benedict Cumberbatch. I've heard they've reached out to him to say, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if you were Stephen Strange from this alternate universe and having some fun with those big rumors that maybe not everyone heard about, but would understand if they were filled by those particular people, because they can say, Oh, I bet you almost played that role. So I hope I answered your question, but that's my thinking. What, that, that, uh, that goes, that goes even further. I think than what I thought. And, and I love it. Was there was there one of those parts that was almost John Krasinski? That would be yes, that's absolutely correct. Um, he was the one of the last runners up for Captain America. Cap, okay. Oh yeah, cool. I mean, instead he 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 played uh, the Secret Service guy, the <laughs> Jack Ryan. Yeah, Jack Ryan. Um, yeah. <laughs> now and again, and we should note that he is possibly in at least contention for Reed Richards. Um, Almost everyone seems to want him to be that. And we now live in an era where, you know, the internet has a great voice. You don't get, and I'm going to spoil something. I'm sure it's been spoiled previously, but you don't get Rosario Dawson to be Ahsoka Tano in the Mandalorian without the voice of the people saying she would be great. And then her 
very publicly saying, I agree. I'd love to do this. Um, And so John Krasinski has done something similar. He wants to be a part of the Marvel universe. He wanted to be Cap. And now the world is saying, hey, you should be Reed Richards and Emily Blunt should be um, the Invisible Woman, Sue Storm, who also passed on Black Widow. So she was offered Mm. that role and said no, which then Mm. obviously went to Scarlett Johansson. So both of them have like dabbled in the Marvel waters. So I still believe that they could be the people who end up filling those roles. I went down a way rabbit hole there, so I apologize, but th- that's my thinking. <laughs> but it's it's fun though. I mean, that's really fun. I I what that would first off, what that would do is that would make um, Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness a must see film for Marvel mm. people. Like there are some things you can say could be skipped, but if if it if they really are going to do something very important with it, like that's what they could do. They could make it where all of a sudden. Now we have, we see a Hugh Jackman, not saying that he's ever going to play Wolverine again, but he could make a cameo, right? Um, and then bring the whole Logan idea in, into the multiverse as part of the MCU on a different earth, like you said, right? Um, mm. And that would just all of a sudden where they could cherry pick all the all of the, the library that they have in the past, what was good and what was bad, what wasn't. And then that could transfer to the other movies. It would... WandaVision could lead into it saying, hey, she's messing with reality. They've already said that it's reality that she's changing. Um, so she, by the way, did you notice in this one that they were really throwing comic book Easter eggs out all over the place, like with her hex powers, saying the yes. word hex everywhere, wanting to, mm-hmm. they're, they're desperate to try to give her the name Scarlet Witch. That was particularly she, funny. She doesn't have like a nickname or a funny alias. Yeah, right. They, they has, totally were wanting to do that. Has uh, she never... It, has she never been Scarlet Witch in the Correct. movies? Never. No. Okay. Never That's just a. Scarlet. It's they, like the DCEU thing where fans said it so much. I just thought it was real. Well, they they call her <laughs> the witch at some point. There's like a subtle throwaway line, but she is never ever referred to as the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Okay. Let's. I, I could I could go down that, that right hole more with you, Fox. I, I want to talk forever about it, but I, I'm going to pull it back to WandaVision. Um. So is Wanda a bad guy? You too? Do you think she's a bad guy? Uh, I'll jump in Dennis, first. You want to go first? Or you want to go ahead, Fox? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm go sorry. Ahead, I don't mean to. I don't mean to hesitate to jump in there, but why not? You're fine. Go ahead. I'm the guest. Um. So, so here's <laughs> my thinking. I I watched it again, and I'll t- I I think that Wanda is being manipulated by a higher power, and is going along by with God. It. Holy no, no, cow. no, 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 okay. no. Sorry. Another villain of some sort, okay. but is going along devil? with it. Yes. Um, but is going along <laughs> I with know it, going, there. <laughs> going along with it because she is happy enough. So this is my thinking. I watched it again. I'll tell you the scene, Mike, that, that sort of made me pause. There is a scene in the fifth episode where vision wakes up this person named Norm. He is one of his coworkers and he wakes up Norm and Norm has this moment of clarity in the real world. If you mm. want to call it that where mm-hmm. Norm says, you know, my brain hurts. She's manipulating me. What's going on. I don't understand. He never refers to her as Wanda. And I thought that was a clever way of trying to say, try to read misdirect where everyone thinks Wanda's doing mm-hmm. everything. But I don't okay. think Wanda is the her in that moment. It's reinforced later where Wanda says that she's, she doesn't know how this started. She can't be controlling everything. And I believe that it's true. Now, I believe Wanda is complicit mm, okay. in all this. I think she I got it. knows there's something weird going on. She's very much 
aware that she's in this reality, but she kind of likes it. She's kind of happy. And so she's going along yeah. with it. I believe she did that, say that she didn't know how it started. She yes, did say that. She said yeah. that. So that's my thinking is that something else is manipulating Wanda, but she's not exactly fighting it either. That's my answer. I'll pause there. Hmm. Wow. That's, I mean, I, I've heard that a lot, but for, from that angle, I get it now. I, I, I was always like, no, I think they're just going to play this like that she's got a broken psyche thing. But I actually like the uh, the theory now better of being manipulated. And there's, a, as you mentioned, there's a lot of clues dropped that support that, that, you know, that they're, they're throwing us intentionally in the wrong direction of her having a psychic break. Um, so that we'll, we'll be fed that. Uh, our buddy Justin online had said today that there is, he believes there's some correlation between the, um, the commercials and they're trying their Marvel is leaking us all sorts of stuff and we're not paying attention to it. Do you think mm. that they are? I didn't realize that those are the same actors an actor and actress in all those commercials. Are they? Yes, I they are. That. Yeah. I'll, I'll let Dennis chime in, but they definitely, I hadn't noticed the same, that it, they are I mean, the same it, actor it, and actress. It tracks wow. with the notion we've been given that, um, there is a fixed cast right? They're only yeah. the inhabitants of the town. Um, what about the thing with the kids? Not not their kids. The the idea that there are no kids in the town. Do we, you think, do we have thoughts that, on that? that? You think that's an important... I don't, I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's important or not. Um, is it important it or is it a... just... Is it just the idea that whether it's Wanda or some other force is at least somewhat benevolent and and moved all the kids out? Or... Maybe it's very important, and the kids are are being uh, abducted and turned into mutants or more uh, Strucker experiments or something like that. There's Man, all kinds of possibilities wow. that are just just coming to me as I'm talking. But uh, <laughs> I thought I thought it was the idea that like Vision noticed a detail. Like you can't. I think the idea from me when I read read that or watched that or heard that was that this is a very complicated simulation, and not everything has been accounted for. Okay. Yeah. For that, for sure. Okay. I, I wanna I wanna step back to something Fox said because I want it to be here on the show on official record. I don't want him to skirt this topic. Who who is it that you think that they're talking about, Fox, that's running this whole thing that's manipulating her? I on do the think show it's, on the record. Yeah. Who do you think I, it is? <laughs> I think okay, I think it's Mephisto, who is basically the the um Marvel version of Satan or the devil. I do believe that, that, that that's a big statement. That you're gonna it say is, there. and I'll tell you, you know, I I, I, I killed him in Diablo three. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but right. I I think if I had to guess that his right hand woman is Agnes Harkness, who is played by Catherine Hahn, who's the next door neighbor, who's nosy. For sure, I I, I think agree with that. I think that yeah. her job okay. is to keep Wanda happy. I think she is sort of the person who's trying to make sure Wanda says placated throughout this whole thing which is why in the fifth episode where it doesn't quite go the way it's supposed to this is where vision first notices something is a little awkward and Catherine hans character this is the neighbor says oh do you want to take that again should we do it from the top because her job her only job is to keep wanda happy um and but she's doing that right. at the behest of some bigger power who i do believe is mephisto who could be i i think it was Justin, somebody, someone of our group said this. That it could be this husband she keeps referring to, Ralph. We've not seen Ralph. We don't know We're who he Ralph. is. 
but but like maybe that's the that's the main villain. So that's that's the that's the logistics that I'm feeling right now. Now, okay. That being said, if that's true, you realize there's only like three more episodes, right? And and there eighteen are, I more. I think movies. there's only eight. You're yeah, right. and like and all these films coming. I mean, that's the thing. Like we've learned now, you can. I mean, Thanos was dropped as an afterthought teaser in Avengers, who end up becoming the big bad. So I think Marvel's learned that like, you don't have to do much. You probably have to hire somebody really famous um, to show up at the very end, and then that's all you need. I mean, Mandalorian did exactly that too, right? Giancarlo Esposito showed up in like the last two episodes of the Mandalorian and became the big bad of the entire second season. So, well, I, I agree with that. I, I do. And I think that they can do that. But what you're suggesting is that Wanda doesn't have an ending. I mean, it might have an ending where, okay, she's no longer has the town victim anymore, but there's no way that they in, th- in what an hour and a half, maybe of time that they can, wrap up everything and give us a reason and give us a satisfactory thing without saying, okay, now you have to go watch something else. Uh, they are totally going to do that. They're going to totally say okay. you have to watch something else. And I'm telling you right now, it's Dr. Strange. I, I was, I was going to yeah. say that in yeah. the, in the screen crush video, um, they reminded me because I had forgotten she's on the cover of uh, multiverse of madness. Um, uh, Wanda is Dr. Or- Dr. Strange too. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, she's, so she's cast in that as a major character. Okay, so okay, well here we go. I, I just <laughs> the one, the reason I wanted to put this on the on the air, Fox, is because I think that calling out Mephisto as a big bad of this thing is a big statement and could earn you huge credit for the fact that you're saying it because he would be the next Thanos. I don't think you play a Mephisto as just a Wandavision character. I think Mephisto gets played as a a, a character that's behind the scenes here if he's played and then he becomes a huge deal in Doctor Strange and then continues to be a big thing. That is 100% um, what I'm saying. Right. And the real hard sell there is not saying Satan. And that's the real hard sell for the comic books. Mm. Like Every time you have this very Satan-looking character, obviously they can change him, but... Uh, he's that's what he is. Right? I th- I think I I'll have to go even one further. I think Mephisto is referenced in this and cast, and we there's some big reveal that he has been cast or she has been cast. Then you get more Mephisto in the Loki series, and it is wrapped up in Doctor Strange. Do you do you think that it will be uh, Mephisto? Okay, for I'm I'm just following the rabbit hole here. If if it's Mephisto, are you see, saying we see a very human, charismatic character that's not uh like a Mads uh what's Mads guy who's Gaelic uh, or whatever from the first one, um oh who's the the main villain in Doctor Strange, uh he he looked evil, right? Baron, like some oh Mads Mikkelsen. Were, Matt Mickelson. Oh yeah. No, I think you're going to yeah. get, I think you're going to get, I mean, and I'll, I'll, I, I don't know if I'm transitioning you or not. I think you get a Randall flag type thing where you're going to get yeah. some, some guy who gives an alias, but everyone, his eyes flash red at the very end. Oh, that's, that's a better example. I was going to say the guy from the TV show, Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. same, like, just same like exact this, thing. this tall, attractive, charismatic guy who, yeah, is, is hiding his true form. Which I think makes, if you're choosing a new villain, 
for the new Age of Marvel, you can never match Thanos in power and sheer strength and, and of will and being, right? So you go a different route. You go you go the the manipulator. Stealthy the route. The I love it. Guy, exactly. Right? That's exactly um, what I think. But that's a that's a, I, I will reinforce that it's a it's a big bold statement. It's a big kind of leap to say that Satan their Marvel's making Satan their next next uh main villain. But I, I personally love it. I personally love that idea. I'd love to, it totally fits in line with Wanda's character and with Doctor Strange's character. Um it could go into Eternals just as well, which I think the Eternals will actually set the pace going forward after Doc, I mean, Doctor Strange clearly by our thoughts now. Is I, well, well, while we're in this sort of uh, speculative rabbit trail here, yeah. um, two things. And I, I read an article on one of these that, that did not get, it was on Den of Geek. I'll link it in the show notes, but didn't have anything but speculation. But uh, one, um, who is um, the aerospace engineer? That uh, I don't know who that is. That's, I, that I have Rambo a couple thoughts. mentions. Um, that seems like a, a sort of vague, maybe maybe potential foreshadowing. And yeah. what is her deal with um, Marvel, Captain Marvel? Yeah, she's clearly not happy oh, with Captain yeah, Marvel. She does not like her, right? But that could be that could be very mundane things, like you never came back to see me or stuff like that. Mm. Um, that 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 could be just that kind of a thing, and then she'll have her own movie. But uh, as for the aerospace engineer, she clearly points it out and does not reveal who it is so it's something i just don't know do you give me some thoughts there fox yeah i, I mean there, there's the, the one that would make sort of the most sense for this show is abigail brand um you know who is a form like was a director of sword in the in the yeah. comics i don't know that mm-hmm. i ever thought of her as an aerospace engineer but sword know, is no. in space so i mean i guess you could make that you could make that connection I mean, a lot of people are wondering if it's Reed Richards. That seems right. like a stretch to me at this point because it does. Yeah. They just didn't. I mean, they owned obviously they owned the 20th Century Fox at this point. They knew they're making a Fantastic Four film, but you're not going to see Reed Richards in this show. Let me say that right now. They have not cast that character. They're not going to yeah, make some agree. announcement about yeah, that it, movie. In it here. seems like it seems like if you're looking at the Quicksilver. Quicksilver reveal at the end of episode five, and you're going, holy shit! They're gonna bring in a bunch of Fox uh, characters into 20th Century Fox characters into the MCU. What about Fantastic Four? That seems like the the logical gymnastics you go through to try and make that connection. But yeah, yeah, that I I I think I agree with the two. They they could. I don't don't have strong opinions on it, but yeah. They they so. could use uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness as ways to to trigger things like Fantastic Four's their power is from cosmic rays right in the comic books. I and, think they're laying they, some of that stuff down. Like they talked about like right. oh we don't do manned missions anymore. Like they talk about that like oh you know they, we were going into space and it was humans but now it's all androids or robots. So I think they're throwing that down enough that I don't think you need to put more Fantastic Four breadcrumbs in here another option is right. shuri i mean maybe i don't know how oh yeah she i don't know be, how monica yeah. would mm-hmm. know shuri but like that's someone else who's out there who's you know an engineer of sorts i again like i don't think of her as being an aerospace engineer 
Um, there's right. nobody who fits that exact description in my brain. So, so weird. So weird. Yeah. They, they, they may, they may just pull a new, I mean, a deep cut from somewhere. In the that's why I say Abigail world. brand. That's the person who yeah. makes the most sense to me. I mean, we all, we all, people who are fans of sword want to see Abigail brand at some point. Um, and, and I don't know if this guy that they have playing as the head of sword right now is going to stick around past Wanda. You know, they, they may have somebody. Oh, he's going to die. Person. He's going to yeah. die. I mean, yeah. he just attacked Wanda with a missile. There's no way he lives through this whole thing. Especially because he's not meant to be the director anyway. Monica Rambeau is going to become the director. That's what I was going to say. Do you think they're setting up Monica mm. Rambeau to be the director? Of yes. Sword? And he's going to die. Yeah. And I, she's okay. I, the, the actress is doing a good job. I think Monica Rambeau, the character is pretty good so far. Uh, I still like Abigail Brand, but that's okay. Sure. We can, you know make whoever we want there. Um, but and otherwise, I don't know who Monica Rambeau's character, how she would fit anything any more than Darcy. And I think that the actress and the character of Monica Rambeau is uh, a better character for multiple movie stuff. Heck, she could be the new um, Nick Fury type character that's in multiple mm. movies and runs stuff, mm-hmm. which, which would be cool. Well, it's exciting. I know we didn't talk a whole much about it. I think it, uh, something we skipped over, we didn't talk a lot about, we don't have time, is um, Vision. Like, I still think Paul Bettany is doing phenomenal as he that is. job. I think he he is, every little thing he does, every time he's on the scene, whether he's playing Clueless Guy or Curious Android or whatever, he's fantastic. It makes me, he draws me into the mo- the show just as much as anybody. Um, I I, I made the I made the assertion last week that he is acting as a fragment of of Wanda's subconscious, right? As in, he is not you did right yeah. alive alive himself, but his his actions and behaviors are all part of uh, her um, concept of him, her conscious or subconscious well, like uh, concept of him. Does no, does like that, that still hold? He he is in episode five is the most confrontational that he's been with her so far. And I don't know that that uh, notion still holds true. What do you you guys have thoughts on that? No, I I still think it it can be, I don't know, but I, I like your idea that he is her subconscious trying to, to to question everything. Um, Well, I'll go back. I don't know if that's true, but I like that. I'll I'll go back to what you said at the beginning. uh, I believe Michael, because, you know, talking about how, Jimmy and Darcy serve as the audience surrogates. They straight up say in episode five, how do they bring him back without the wine stone? Like, I love that they, right. they asked that very, like they're, they are the comic book geeks that we all are, where we're like, you can't yeah. do that without the mind stone. That's how he was made. So I think Dennis's yeah. theory is great because we've seen already that they've addressed that. I like that. They know like, Hey, those of you who really are into this stuff, we know you have these questions, so we're going to have some of the characters <laughs> ask them. So we acknowledge right. that we're thinking about it, too, and we'll answer We no- acknowledge that they're there. Yes. I didn't realize or remember that his his uh, his body or his chassis is, is vibranium, which mm-hmm. sort of makes sense. It's the magic metal of the MCU. Um, yeah. And even if you... Or whether you do or don't, like if you believe that Wanda is in control uh, subconsciously of the situation, uh, Vision acts as the sort of uh, good angel on the shoulder part of yeah. her, mm-hmm. part of her persona. And if you believe that she is being manipulated and is maybe going along with it willingly, then it 
it still holds. It's the same sort of idea, except the the conscious uh, part of Wanda is the part of her of her psyche going along with it, and and Vision represents, you know, the the better angel, um, you know, uh, uh, eventually protesting. The, the, the real question of this whole thing is is why like right now the why we have is because she is her psyche is broken and she wants to have a, a wonderful life if with it's, the family but yeah if, if it's, it's not if it's that, just why? her if it's just her i understand why it all it all makes sense from the perspective of you know broken person you person under a mental break from grief like that makes sense if there's someone manipulating her then then yeah i have no idea I, I, I will say we don't have enough is, information to speculate. I agree with that. that, but there is a line that I, I am so happy that they put in was that um Kat Denning all said uh Darcy said, you know, she's as powerful as Thanos. She almost had that him was one a on great, one anyway. That was a great back and mm-hmm. forth. Right. Yeah. That 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 is fantastic. And that's exactly what Sydney and I said last week when we were talking about this. Like and Sydney after the show was over went and we watched that that um Endgame scene, just fast forwarded right to it, where she takes him on, and had he not rained down hell from the the sky, she totally would have beat him. And Rain seeing her fire. and Vision, I've always her and Vision are like the Hulk and Thor going at it. They are hundred percent nuclear weapons. Uh, can that can just level like the Earth? That's how powerful they are. Right. So that little scene was very cool when they in the living room when they're almost going into their the big fight mode. That was super mm-hmm. cool. Not that they ever will, but it's, you know, people mi- underestimate both of those two characters on how incredibly. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole side plot in, in civil war where the vision had to keep Wanda out of that fight. Yeah. The the reason that they made sure at the very beginning of, of uh, infinity war, they did right off the bat is they took out Thor. They took out the, they showed you that the Hulk is beatable within the first five minutes of the movie. And then mm-hmm. they stabbed the vision and for the rest of the entire movie, he's out of commission, you know, for some unexplained reason with the glaive hitting him. Um, right. So they, they took out three of the most powerful characters that would make, you know, almost the Avengers too powerful to fight against. Um, and then, you know, Wanda comes along and uh, fights him very, very adeptly. So anyway, yeah, cool. This, this is really exciting. the, the WandaVision stuff, if anything, I think that it lets us talk this fun talk again, right? The the nerdy talk, the the in-depth mm-hmm. details of the what's to happen. And and as we've always said with Marvel stuff, you don't get this in any other movie series. We're we're not going on and on. I mean, we, we talk about uh Game of Thrones, what's gonna happen and then it's over, right? Or a series that we watch and then it's over. Um I don't know if there's any end to a Marvel Cinematic Universe that could ever have an end. It, it would have mm. been Endgame if that was the truth. Right. They can keep telling stories and they can keep making cinematic movies forever and changing. Um, and then do things where Multiverse Madness comes in. Instead of having replacing Iron Man, we have, you know, Riri come, Riri Williams end up showing her face in Multiverse of Madness. And now we have new Iron Man. You know, you, you, they can totally do these things. And we can just keep talking about them until we're 80 some years old and generations <laughs> do it. The real thing is Feige just needs to be in protective custody at all times as an American icon. Or keep him in a bunker or something. I That's right. Uh, Dennis, have you watched anything else this week? 
Uh, let's see. We are almost done with the stand. Um, yep. I don't think Fox has seen that, so we can... It you watched the old wouldn't. one, though, right, Fox? You watched the old stand, right? Like, back in the 90s? I did, yeah. I liked the original, um, the original what we call miniseries. I think it was a four-parter. Yeah. Gary Sinise, Rob Lowe. Yeah, I watched that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, so far not straying much from that at all. Um, yeah, it's a I, it's a hard. If it feels like I I keep having the same thought where it seems it doesn't seem slow. Well, it obviously doesn't seem slow. It it seems like a, a, some a lot of time where nothing is happening, but at the same time, stuff feels like it's moving too fast. Um, and as I said, I I listened to the audiobook. Uh, I think back in 19, maybe even early 2000. I think it was late 19, 2019. Um, and you have this challenge, this what I think probably pretty standard uh, Stephen King adaptation challenge where a lot of the book is, you know, in the characters' heads. Like you can spend a lot of time in a book with Harold and, and, uh, and Franny traveling across the country and he's got a journal and maybe she finds it and he doesn't know, but she doesn't know whether he knows. And there's this tension and all of that happens in these characters heads. And you can spend a lot of, uh, you know, you can spend many pages of text on that, but how do you put that in, in screen? Like that's very boring to watch without narration, which is, you know, also not great. Um, and so, and so the story just, just plots forward. So how do you, how do you adapt this property in a way that uh, pleases both sides, right? You have people who have read it and people who haven't read it. People who have read it want you to be true to the story, right? You can't make Walking Dead from this story. You can't spend, you know, 200 episodes with a bunch of new extra side characters. I mean, you could, but I don't think people would watch it because they'd get to the conclusion and go, what the hell? Right. The, yeah. the conclusion of the story is is very abrupt and very, uh, I mean, the, well, I don't want to say more than that without going into spoilers, but um, it's 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 very abrupt and, and from a certain perspective, unsatisfying. Um, yeah, the, the, the so, problem I have. Yeah, I don't know. The, the problem I have, and this Go is ahead. something Fox is kind of talk, speaking to you here is someone who's seen it before. I can tell you, and someone who hasn't seen this one or hadn't thought about watching this one, maybe, is so far we are all but maybe one or two episodes left in the series. And Mm -hmm. this is so far an example of a show that I don't know needs to have been made. Meaning Mm. that that if you saw the 1990s version, you've seen this one. There is no new information presented. The characterizations of the characters are exactly the same just different actors. And it feels like all those actors are trying to be true to the mini series ones, which are trying to be true to the books, mm-hmm. which did a good job to the books. So they're all kind of the same character. And I don't know if watching this one, uh, except for the fact that, you know, you have maybe some modern car, you know, cars in there and <laughs> modern buildings or something that there's anything new. W- would you agree with that, Dennis, that, I haven't seen anything that's been like, oh, that's a whole different take on something. I mean, I've never seen, um, I've never seen the original series, the original miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I th- the only thing that stood out to me as being different is the specific nature of how they handle um um Tom Cullen uh boy I don't all right, if if you haven't seen this, haven't read it, skip ahead a little bit because I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil a little bit of the middle of the story. Um, the way they handle sending Tom Cullen into New Vegas as a spy, yeah, in the book is played on this assumption, which I think maybe is a thing Stephen King did. He he, you know, because his char- because his books spend so much time in characters' heads, he does a lot of things with psychology and sociology that maybe, uh, you know, I assume he, you know is at least knowledgeable about, but of course those are um, the soft sciences are evolving and changing fields. I'm throwing a lot of big statements out here, but Mm -hmm. um, what I specifically mean is in the book, um, they are operating under the assumption that a person with developmental disability is more easily hypnotized. Um, They, they quite literally hypnotize Tom Cullen and give him the instructions for what to do and what not to do, what to say, and when to come back. And then when they snap him out of it, he has no memory, right? It's the t- the stereotypical kind of hypnotism thing. And But it's, it's played in a way that he is um, amenable or susceptible to this technique because of his quote-unquote condition. Um, and there's none of that in the show. I don't think they did that in the miniseries either. I don't think yeah, there's none of that in the show, uh, presumably because it's uh, probably not true and also uh, problematic. Right. So we won't talk too much and anymore. Anyway, that, but, that's uh, that's yeah. the, that's the specific example. As far as like major changes or different, you know, the the stuff that happens in this um, this uh, eighth episode that I saw last night was more overt than I remember happening. Maybe there are details that I just didn't remember from the audiobook or whatever, but um like all the big all the big story uh beats are there. The nature of the characters is all is all pretty much the same. I mean as much as you can put a character on screen that is in a Stephen King book where you spend so much time in your head again. I keep saying that, but that's yeah. because that's what sure. I found to be true. Um and so I can't I can't really speak to the quality of the the nineties series, whether um, there's a big difference there. I mean, if you read the book, the book is still set in the seventies, right? Like yeah, it right. doesn't get updated. He doesn't, he didn't go back and re-edit the book to give people cell phones. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. So I don't, I don't know that it, that it needed to be made. It's especially kind of unfortunate that they finished it and aired it, quote unquote, aired it now in, in the right. COVID times. Um, right. So, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So, we got I, like just about five minutes left in the show. I, I want to, we'll just spend this last five minutes. I wanted to ask, I'm going to ask Fox a, a, a surprise kind of question. Here. Go for it. Um, the, the, because we've got a guy who, who is world renowned for his uh, board game reviews. <laughs> Uh, what are you playing these days on the board game? It's it, There's a lot of times right now that some people are playing a lot of board games because they've been shut in for a year now. Some people aren't playing at all anymore because they can't play with their friends who regularly played. So sure. what are you playing right now? Uh, give me a, a game in the last month that you've played in person, yep. not online, 
and that you've really enjoyed? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll and give why? you and sell me on it. Sell I'll me give on you. It. I'll give you two. Uh, you know, I think we're okay. in, we're at a place right now where if you have people in your bubble who you can play legacy games with, now is the best time to play because you can yeah. put up that game on your gaming table and set it out there. So the first game I'm going to say that I'm sure has been mentioned on this show previously is Imperial Assault. Especially if you, ah, if you, okay. you know, we are in an age where um, the Mandalorian is revitalizing the Star Wars community. And I just, I'm playing right now the Imperial Assault uh, Jabba's Realm expansion. Mm. And in that, okay. in that expansion, there is a whole Mandalore and Mandalorian uh, side quest where they even talk about Death Watch. Nice. Um, so nice. again, like if you watch Mandalorian and you, you now know who Death Watch is and you're kind of excited to learn about that history and that culture um, and you like um, role playing games with some, you know, a little bit more rules than I would say D&D or, you know, there's grid movement and miniatures and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got a, some deep stuff to it. It's a lot of fun. And I find that to still yeah. be one of my go to tabletop games now. That is very heavily steeped in geek culture and Star Wars yeah, and all sure. that stuff. And it's a commitment. You put that out on your table, you got to sure. leave it out there with all the different characters. One person is playing as the Empire. You can have up to right. four people playing as the Rebels. But it is a lot of fun, but it does take a lot of time. Now, what if you're looking for something a little lighter, a little easier? I cannot recommend the, the game that came out in 2020 my city enough it is a also my, a my legacy city. Okay. my city by thames and cosmos um it is a legacy game where you are mostly playing tetris um you every player <laughs> okay. has uh different um what am i gonna what are those what are those called the pieces where it's four blocks but they're in different ways there, there's a word for that um yes those just the tetris pieces, te te tetris pieces basically and those right. represent different buildings you basically have a shared deck and you flip over a card whatever that card is you have to put that piece on your board and everyone has the same board but there are rules about where you can put pieces and if you connect pieces in a certain way you're going to get bonus points but the great thing about my city is it is a legacy game, as I said. And every time really? wow. you get okay. through another three or so chapters, you rip open a new envelope and new things happen either to your board or to the pieces. So I hmm, cannot wow. recommend this game enough. It is so easy to jump into. It is for ages six to 65 plus. Um, wow. It's a lot a of A legacy fun. game that, can, that like an eight-year-old can play. That's yes. awesome. That's why I love this game, Mike. It, it, it is really just something very special in a box where you just want to keep going. Because like, what what happens in yeah. the next one? And we all remember the addictive nature of Tetris. They found a way to integrate that into a tabletop game. So I can't recommend it enough. That's that's what I'm that, gonna that, that's, that's what I'm gonna push. That's cool. I I think I I gotta say, like. I think those were two recommendations for two ways of things that people exactly. stay at home. I think that if you do have a pod uh, that you can play with people, then yeah, that's a good call. I agree with Imperial Assault. And, and, um, and, and this other one feels like if you don't have a pod, but you have a family to sit with and like, man, yes. they're driving me nuts. I wish we could all play a game together, but I have an eight or 10 year old, you know, that's it's great. cool. Uh, last thing I'll say, my city, $35. Oh, how and awesome it will give that? you hours and hours of, of, 
of gameplay repeatability $35. So cheap, Man, really? so wonderful. It's excellent. Fantastic. Awesome. I'll, well, I, I, uh, go ahead, Dennis. For, I'll, I'll say for us, our uh, legacy game that we were in the middle of playing was Pandemic. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, that's true. I was, I was not enthused to pull that one out. Uh, I heard that there was like time. a season three that came out and it was supposedly really good. Season, I think it's season zero. That's it's correct. Oh, it's a prequel. Okay. The, the, we, we were not very thrilled when we played season two. Not that it was terrible. It was just very meh. Uh, but I've I have heard, heard opposite reviews of zero. I've heard that it's pretty fantastic. So, uh, But sadly, it makes me sad. I, I, I can't play those. Actually, now I'm looking forward to a My City playthrough because, you know, that sounds something that I can do in a COVID time. I don't think I've heard of that. What's that. the what's the player count on that? Is it probably four? Yeah, the player count is four. Yep. And the good thing about the game, too, just so you know, is there is the legacy version, but the board flips over and you can play infinitely on the other side. So it's not like Pandemic where you finish and then it's over. You can play like, you know, just a casual game on the other side. But I think the the real value and amazing um, repeatability is in the legacy version. Cosmos. And you you have a son. You play that with the, like a, a a young son. He's like, uh, how old is he? He's eight. Now? Um, and he played it and was perfect, right? And, and and also, I'll tell you something that I think you both will appreciate about just like and Imperial Soul has this to a lesser degree is that there's a balancing mechanic. So if you come in first place, you may get more victory points, but then it will be harder for you in the future. Whereas if you come in last place in any chapter. The game tries to balance it out to make it easier for you to score more points in the future. I sure, love that uh, aspect. Sort of, I don't know if this is still called handicapping, but yeah, handicapping like in bowling or golf. But Fantastic. I'm telling you, it's got stickers, it's got things you unwrap and new things you do to your board. It is so good. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at pictures of it. It looks cool. It's, it yeah, is awesome. easily the best game I played in 2020. It wasn't even It wasn't even a competition. And I was lucky. I played a lot of games in 2020 because there was a lot of content out there because of the pandemic. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is the one to look at. Cool, nice. man. Well, that's a, that's super appreciated. And I, w- I almost wish I would have heard of it earlier so that we could, could have started because we want to start it now. <laughs> All right, man. I think we did it. I think we saved many lives tonight and the world is a better place for our podcast. What do you say, <laughs> Dennis? Yes. Uh, that's a bold statement. I don't, but uh, I, I'm, I'm we, going there. We went to a lot of bold places tonight. In the MCU, I think this is That's this true. is not even a stretch. That's I think true. saving lives is a minimum of what we've done today. So, I think we're good. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, you have been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode one hundred and eighty-one. Um, Fox, you want to uh, let people know where they can find you and your and your work, your content? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, you can find me most often at LRM Online. That's where I put up my. Uh, tabletop game reviews, my movie reviews when we have movies. Um, so that's the best place to find all our content. I also put up there the Geek Scours movie news um, podcast as well. Uh, I would call that a brother or sister show to this one. If you like mm-hmm. listening to things that are happening in the film community, come check us out. Although there's not as much content these days, so our shows are a little bit more infrequent. But we always love it if you would come listen. Awesome. awesome. Uh, if you have uh, questions, comments, share with us your uh, crackpot Marvel Phase 4 theories or let us know movies, 
classic or or newer ones that you think we should watch, uh, you can reach us via email that address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com and use contact forms. Uh, If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing at all places. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. And I'm Fox. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.